Impact 89 FM's own golf podcast. This is The Long Drive. Welcome into The Long Drive. We're broadcasting virtually for the summer as we are at home and away from the Impact 89 FM studios on the campus of Michigan State University. I'm your host, Grace Goodlerick, tonight joined by my co-host, Jack Latterman, as well as Nick Fardella and Tim Marshall. We will get to a couple quick recaps uh, of the MSU men's golf team, the women's golf team, and as well as the LPGA Tour. We'll start with the men's golf team. They found out where their regional will be played. It's going to be a home game May 15th, 16th, and 17th at Eagle Eye Golf Club uh, in Bath, which is just up the road from East Lansing. So that's really exciting for that team. Like I said, uh, this next week, the NCAA regional to determine a spot in the NCAA championships at Greyhawk Golf Club the following week. As for the women's golf team, they will be heading to Greyhawk Golf Club next week after they've won their 12-team NCAA regional at the uh, PGA National in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. So congratulations to that team. It is their 12th NCAA championships appearance in their last 23 regional appearances. They also had three golfers finish inside the top 20 of the individual stroke play event. And of course, like I said, up next for that team is this next week, May 19th through the 24th, uh, the NCAA championships at Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona. On the LPGA Tour this last week, it was a team or team match play event, excuse me. Uh, team Thailand beat Team Australia in the Hanwha Life Plus International Crown. This next week is the Cognizant Founders Cup at Upper Montclair Country Club in Clifton, New Jersey. So now we will get to a little bit of the news surrounding the PGA Tour. There's actually a lot, a couple things coming out this last, uh, in, at least in this last uh, 24 hours. The Myrtle Beach Open is going to be a new PGA Tour event. Uh, it is going to be an alternate field event opposite a designated event. It's going to be uh, the Dunes Golf and Beach Club in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, that is set to debut next year in 2024. Tiger Woods, obviously the face of controversy this last week. He is being sued for $30 million by his ex-girlfriend, Erica Herman, and has uh, been claimed in a sexual harassment civil lawsuit by her and her attorney. He is also out with injury. He is officially withdrawn from next week's PGA Championship at Oak Hill in Rochester, New York. Jordan Spieth withdraws from the Byron Nelson this week uh, with a wrist injury, but he is still in the field for the PGA championship next week, which was released uh, yesterday, I believe. Also a plethora of withdrawals, guys that are in the field next week for the PGA, JJ Spawn, Hank Libiota, Mark Hubbard, Lanto Griffin, Alex Smalley, Michael Thompson have all withdrawn from the AT&T Byron Nelson. So that brings up a very contentious debate as the PGA tour tries to combat live golf and everything that they are about with these elevated events and more purses, which sets up basically a 20 event schedule for a lot of guys on tour. So are there too many elevated events and is this burning some of these guys out, which is causing them to withdraw? Like Scotty Scheffler missed last week. He withdrew from the Wells Fargo, but he's playing this week. So what are your, your guys' take? Are there too many and do we need to dial it back a little bit for in terms of the PGA tour? I think it's very obviously yes. Um, and I think it's shown. That's why so many of these guys are, are withdrawing. It's defeating the purpose of these elevated events. Um, like this week is still a strong field, but the, like I think the goal of these elevated events was to have everyone playing. 
or 99.9% of these guys playing. Um, so I think it's, it's defeating the purpose and there's too many. And also just like, I think it's important to remember they basically came up with the elevated event schedule pretty last minute. Um, and I would be shocked if there weren't changes. I don't think this is something where it's like, oh, we made this and it's done deal. I think they're very open to changing and they made this last minute. This is the first year doing it. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if there were some changes coming next year. Yeah, I mean, I think there definitely has to be some changes to it. I, I don't think the amount is definitely the problem, but I think like having the RBC being elevated right after the Masters just doesn't seem right. We had John Rom play, even though he was kind of spent after like winning the Masters. Like that's a very big deal. And then to have to go play the next week, I feel like that's kind of a tough ask of your players in the league. So I think it's, it'll be interesting. I think they might maybe take one or two away, but I think, I think if they space them out a little further, I think it shouldn't be too big of a problem. Yeah, yeah I agree. Before, oh, go ahead, Nick. No, go ahead. I think like the whole point of it was to show like the whole world, like we have all these golfers golfing right now. Like look what we have and Liv doesn't have all these like really good golfers right now, but they really have to like space the elevator events out. They want all of them to compete in them. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, before Liv emerged on the scene and before the PGA Tour made all of these changes, like the top, say, 15 to 20 players in the world were playing no more than 15 to 16 events a season with the majors combined, and then they would just roll right into the playoffs. So, I mean, it, it, you see the same thing, like, with – they're trying to create an off season in golf because the PGA tour up until what would be this next season has never had an off season in golf. So it's super contentious thing. And maybe it's starting to come to the forefront that there are too many of these elevated events on the PGA tour. So we will see certainly what happens there. A couple other little bits of news, Joe LaCaba who just left, Tiger Woods to start caddying full-time for Patrick Cantley is shifting from the PGA Tour to the LPGA Tour this next week, caddying for world number one Nelly Korda and also a very solemn rest in peace to Don January, excuse me, the 1967 PGA champion passing away on Sunday at the age of 93. So now we move on to the Wells Fargo Championship, which was another one of those aforementioned elevated events on the PGA Tour this last week. The winner was Wyndham Clark for his first PGA Tour win. He moves to fifth in the FedEx Cup standings right behind Max Homa, Tony Finau, Scotty Scheffler, and John Rahm. Uh, coming in second place was Xander Shoffley, tied for third, Harris English, and Tyrrell Hatton. T5, rounding out the fifth place standings, was Adam Scott and Tommy Fleetwood, who was also looking for that first PGA Tour victory. So, Let's get into it. You know, we had a designated event this last week. There were so many guys that were in the lead that thought you could retain or thought they could retain it. There were guys that sputtered out. You know, Jordan Spieth missed the cut in his first uh, his first Wells Fargo championship appearance since 2013. So let's get into it. What did you guys think of this last week? Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I took Wyndham Clark in the Mexico open one and done. You did. Yeah. You were a I, week, week ahead of time. Yeah. I've bet Wyndham Clark, uh, outright in his last four events. And I didn't bet him this past week. I instead bet 
Gary Woodland, uh, who to me is the exact same player as Wyndham Clark, basically stat-wise and everything. So uh, I was very frustrated watching that. But good for Wyndham Clark. And he's um, President's Cup and or Ryder Cup. Um, he is – I've seen people talking about the, their rankings, and he's in them, um, which would be very surprising to me, to be totally he's honest. Top, top 12? I think he's six in in um there's someone I was listening today, he was above Homa. Um mm. I would be shocked if that says the case, but good for good for Wyndham. Um Michael Kim is another name that just killed it this week that I was totally not expecting. And I watched him on his final day and he was cruising. Um but yeah, it was pretty exciting, I would say. I think it was a little boring because it was Xander and Wyndham at the end, and Xander didn't have this greatest showing uh with his driver on sunday but it was still pretty pretty decent event to watch yeah and you've got like i mean it's always fun watching golf at quail hollow you know we had jt when the 2017 pga there i mean we had the president's cup last year it's always got the wells fargo i mean they had on all the different espn groups for featured coverage they had the main feed, they had all the feature groups, and then they had one of the Green Mile, too. And I watched that for a little bit, and it's so fun to watch golf on the Green Mile at Quail Hollow. So it was it was a fun week to watch golf, for sure. Definitely. Even though I'd say maybe this might be the first, or not the first, but maybe one of the less excited elevated events. And I feel like that doesn't really speak to what the Wells Fargo was. I feel like it more uh, speaks to what elevated elevated events have been i feel like they've been pretty much you have ramen uh homa going at it at genesis you have the majors obviously you have these different events where we have like speed in it just a lot of big guys were really at the top this this one it was kind of like a two-horse race and we haven't seen that much in these events we've seen more people kind of in the mix and bigger names but i feel like this wasn't this was a good event yeah, it was cool to see that when he Clark won, and I'm happy like Max Homa did well after he's been like struggling in the past couple of months right now. Yeah, it was. I mean, like like you said, Tim, you know, just a a good week to watch golf because for all of those elevated events so far, like you've had, you know, the the cream rises to the top for sure. And this week, you know, you had like yeah, Xander Shoffley finished second overall. But you also had Harris English, who has recovering from hip surgery after the after the Ryder Cup in 2021. You had Tyrrell Hatton, who's kind of playing okay. You had Adam Scott, who has not really played that well this year at all. Um, so yeah, just a, a lot of different guys that finished this week. Obviously, Wyndham Clark um, getting his first PGA Tour win. So congratulations to him. So that wraps up for the. Wells Fargo Championship, another one of the PGA Tour's designated events in the book. This week, we move to a bridge event, if you will, in between uh, the last big event and a major championship, the PGA being next week, obviously, at Oak Hill. This week, the AT&T Byron Nelson, the two-time defending champion, is K.H. Lee looking to become the first player since Steve Stricker did it 2009, 2011, between 2009 and 2011 to win three straight PGA Tour events. He did so at the John Deere Classic, KH Lee trying to become the first man to do that. Takes place at TPC Craig Ranch, which is in McKinney, Texas, just outside of Dallas, Texas. And it creates one of those win and end to the PGA Championship scenarios. Obviously, it's being 
the last full field PGA Tour event before a major championship. If the winner or top finisher, excuse me, the winner not already exempt into the PGA Championship were to win the AT&T Byron Nelson, he would become the last man in the field at Oak Hill next week. So, you know, TPC Craig Ranch, fairly new venue on the PGA Tour. It was recently or started hosting the event in 2021, of which KH Lee has won the first two renditions of uh, the AT&T Byron Nelson there. So let's get into it. You know, it's a, it's a course that kind of requires a little bit of everything. It's not crazy long by PGA Tour standards, only about 72, 7,300 yards. So let's chop it up. Yeah. Um, like you said, KH Lee, South Koreans in general have really, really uh, lit this course up in the past. So that's something to look at. KH Lee is going to be very popular this week. Um, and like you said, it's a bit of a bridge event, but the field in general is pretty decent. Scotty, yeah, Jason Day, Tom Kim, um, Hatton. I mean, even with the Spieth WD, there's still some decent names in there. Um, and I kind of like these where there's some mid to mid to pretty pretty well-known golfers that ha- don't have a chance usually to win these majors and stuff, but um, they could really make a name for themselves here. So like you said, you kind of have to do everything um, off the tee and tee to green seems to be important. Um, it's yeah, I, like you said, I wouldn't say you have to be long. You do need to be pretty accurate with your irons is what I, what I saw right. from the past two years. And then putting um, has been very important. It's been pouring rain all week from what I've seen. So I think it's going to play pretty, pretty easy. I think they're going to let just completely light this course up. Um, it should be. Yeah. And yeah. if I remember correctly last year, I mean, it was 26 under was what you yep. had to beat. That's what KH yep. shot. So yeah, I mean, it, I mean, this week you said it's been raining all week in Dallas, Texas. I mean, we could potentially see 30 under this week, which is mind boggling, but this is the PGA tour. Those are the conditions. It's a very scorable layout, even though it, it's mid-level length. Like you said, you don't need to be a bomber, which intrigues a lot of guys out there that maybe can't hit it as far as your upper tier players on the PGA tour. So it should be a fun week for sure. Yeah, this definitely should be a, a good week. Tournament style wise, I kind of it's like you said, a one in or a win and in scenario for the PGA. Kind of reminds me of Valero, which is right before the Masters. Uh, and then another thing I'm looking forward to is just the overview of this course, like when they do the drone shot, it's like, it's just a square rectangle of surrounded by trees. And then you look in and there's like barely any trees. It's nice and flat and open. It's a very cool looking course from above. And I I love that kind of stuff. Just like the pictures and like how good it looks. It'll be, it'll be cool to see if KH Lee can win like his third straight championship here. And we said the weather is supposed to rain every day and thunderstorming too. So, yeah. Yeah, that could also play a very pivotal factor into it um, this week. So it should be a fun week to watch the PGA Tour. So now instead, we would typically go group by group and pick our favorite featured groups. However, we are going to go back to what we did a couple weeks ago and do a 6K draft in which we take uh, guys that are in the $6,000 range in the DraftKings Daily Fantasy rankings and pick which guys we would like to play this week on the PGA Tour. So these are guys that are typically lower tier guys on the PGA Tour. They obviously don't cost as much in Daily Fantasy rankings. So Nick, we will go ahead and start off with you in our two-round snake draft here on the long drive 6K draft for the AT&T Byron Nelson. Who's the first pick? I'm going to go with 
Mackenzie Hughes. All right, Tim, you're up next. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, fan favorite Harry Higgs at 6,800. I think that uh, could be some good value. Hasn't been playing great, but I feel like when he's in the mix, a lot of people just kind of love him as a player, and hopefully the crowd can get behind him. All right, so I'm I'm looking, scrolling through the list here, and there's so many names, and I can't really pick. But however, I I, I have to go with Andrew Landry here. I'm going to mention him later on in the show. You know, he's a very accurate driver of the golf ball. He is one of the more elite putters on the PGA Tour. He won a couple years ago in Texas at the Valero Texas Open, so he's got a long history there. So I'm taking Andrew Landry with the third pick in our snake draft. Oh, I'm going Troy Merritt. It's a little bit, a little bit, I don't know. I wouldn't say unfair, but he's 6,900. Uh, definitely could very well be 7K. Can putt really well, has a seventh place here uh, in the, I believe it's 2021, um, Byron Nelson. I think he could he could make the cut and do uh, much better than that. And then this is a bit of a deep dive that I, um, in some of my writing, dove real deep into this guy. David Micheluzzi, he is a Australian guy who's been playing in the PGA Tour of Australasia um, and has just been crushing. And he has on a sponsored exemption here. He looks exactly like Cam Smith, mullet and a mustache. He's Aussie. Um, and I'm so excited to watch him. I think he's going to light it up. Um, so I'm, I'm betting him as well, but he's 6,600. He's my second pick. <laughs> Guy's got a good vibe to him, I guess. I never Absolutely. heard of him. Um, we'll have to read that article for sure with, uh, my next pick, since it's a snake draft here, uh, I got to go with Richie Wierenski. He's, you know, a, a pretty average level type PGA tour player, which is what you're getting here with the $6,000 range. Very good driver of the golf ball, average iron player. And if you can pretty much piece something together here this week, then you'll be fine. I watched him play in person a couple of years ago at the Rocket Mortgage Classic for about five, six holes. He does everything well. He doesn't do everything great. But if this is one of those weeks where if you can piece everything together well to get to 20, 25 under par, you'll be just fine. So, which you, excuse me, Richie Wierenski is my pick, second pick in the snake draft. All right, uh, finishing up my snake draft or my snake team for the 6K, I'm going to go with uh, Austin Cook. Uh, he's from Arkansas, or he went to Arkansas. Uh, and this one's pretty much just a personal one. I was the, uh, the sign holder for him back in my days at uh, TPC Boston doing that for uh, the, I, I believe it was Dell Technologies back when that was a playoff um, event. So, I have his autograph. It was a pretty cool round. It was him and Kisner. So I'm going with Cook this week. For my last pick, I'm going to go with Doc Redman. You know, he's 25. He's really young. I just think he can get it done. Yeah, there we go. So that wraps up our 6K draft. Instead of where we would dissect the featured groups for the AT&T Byron Nelson, we now move to our traditional one-and-done picks last week. Uh, it was okay. Nobody really fared that well. Uh, Tim, faring the best. Max Homa was his one-and-done pick with a T8. I am still leading, even though my man last week, Jason Day, missed the cut, made $0. Obviously, I'm still in first place with $6,190,868 made. 
Second place, Jack, he takes Victor Hoblin, who finishes uh, in a tie for 30th place, making $69,000. That brings his total to $3,403,402. Uh, in third, we've got Tim, who, like I said, fared the best with Max Homa finishing tied for eight. Uh, that generated $525,000 in an income for Tim. Uh, which pushes him to 1,828,558 total. And Nick takes Justin Thomas, who has a respectable week, finishes tied for 15th, $315,000, obviously being an elevated event. And that leaves Nick's total at $1,743,346. So I always say this, but I feel like this is definitely the play this week, that it's a very interesting week because you've got a handful of guys that maybe can make it, and a handful of guys that are maybe some dark horse candidates, given it's kind of a bridge event in between the Wells Fargo and the PGA. So what do we have this week? Uh, so real quick, I, before my pick, I just want to say after your day pick, I did see yes. that Jason Day came out and said that his vertigo uh, has been back and bothering him. Just totally curious about that. And I also saw that Decky's neck has been bothering him. Yes, before I did this. That. I, I read that and I was – this close to taking him in the one and done. However, he had neck stiffness last week at the Wells Fargo. So is there any chance you think of WD of either of those two? I don't, but I don't see it. Uh, may it definitely more in Hideki Matsuyama's case with his neck injury. I feel like that's much more persistent of an issue, but I mean, Jason day seems like his vertigo flare ups are pretty much short lived. Obviously, we saw in the ninth hole at Chambers Bay 2015, it was one hole and yeah. basically yeah. over. Obviously, it's still a very glaring medical issue that he needs to attend to in, in any way, shape, or form of when he's playing on the PGA Tour. But I don't necessarily see it as a, a withdrawal from an event that he's a past champion at. The PGA Championship, obviously, maybe not be at that course, but he, you know he's going to play. and You're going to play in majors – unless there's a glaring medical issue that you can't. And I think both of these guys stay in. So, yeah, I agree. All right. Into my pick. Um, I'm taking Tom Kim this week. Was so happy to see that I hadn't taken him yet. He's number one in my model. Um, pretty much like you've been saying, Greg, great at everything. Um, specifically, which I didn't really think about, long putting. Um, he's been hitting. He's second on tour in putts. Uh, over 20 feet, which I think is an interesting stat here for this course. I, I love Tom Kim. He's so fun to watch. We've talked about South Koreans uh, playing well here. I am going to be all over him on many different uh, sites this week. All right. I going into the stock, I, I had um, Hideki, but however, after hearing all this uh, neck stiffness stuff, you've, you guys are kind of talking. He's gonna out of win it. now. He's absolutely gonna win now. I don't know. I've I've been in the past. I've had scenarios where I've picked uh, Hideki and other things, and he's withdrawn. Uh, so that's not a help for me. So I'll go with um I'll go with Matt Kuchar. Uh, surprisingly, the second um he's currently the second favorite for Americans in this uh tournament, which it was a very surprising thing to see, and uh. I think if you look back to uh, last year, he had a pretty decent showing, a, a T12, 20 under. I mean, I think that, like, he's 
been very quiet recently. He, he, it wasn't the run he kind of had in the last maybe like around three to five years ago. He was really playing well and he's kind of slowed down, but he's sneakily, I think he's still a top 50 player. Honestly, I think he's at 48 right oh, now. Yeah. Yeah, I sure. think I definitely think you're on to something there because if I recall correctly, I do have him making the top 10 in our uh, in those picks, which we'll get to later on in the show. But I really think you're on to something here. You know, the guy plays well and maybe coincidentally in Texas, the Valero, the Byron Nelson, the match play. Those are all maybe the same type of vibe of courses where it's a little bit of risk reward. And Matt Kuchar's not a very big risk type guy, but still goes out there. He's a good putter. He does everything well, makes a lot of birdies. So yep. that's, I think, I really think you're on to something there. Take it away, Nick. With my pick, I have Jason Day. You guys kind of scared me a little bit with talking about his vertebrae, but hopefully he can stay healthy. I just think, you know, with this feel, it's not like the best per se. So I think he can get it done. Yeah, for sure. The, yeah, with the, the vertigo thing is definitely a little bit touchy of a situation with, with Jason Day, but hopefully he pulls through. He seemed to in the past whenever that kind of flares up on him. So, you know, this is a guy that's been coming in to this event. He's played fairly well uh, coming off a of T3 last week at a designated event at the Wells Fargo. I have to go with Terrell Hatton this week for my one and done pick. You know, he's kind of one of those guys that does everything well. Pretty accurate driver of the golf ball. The temper gets a hold of him a little from time to time. Great putter. He's very good with his irons. Seventh in strokes gained off the tee. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Seventh in strokes gained total. Tenth off the tee. Eighth in approach. Twenty uh, seventh in putting. So he does everything really well. He's one of the more expensive guys in the field this week per the uh, DFS rankings. So with that, we get to our three guys to make the cut and our mortal lock. One guy to finish in the top ten. Who do we have this week? I have some deeper, deeper cuts this week, starting with Austin Eckroat, who has extremely strong iron play, um, which I think is really important this week. Good off the tee, decent everywhere except putting, which is a little bit scary, but I think he can make the cut. And especially if his irons are hot, I think he can do well. Second, I'm going Trey Molinax, which this course, he's a bomber. This course has not spit him super well. Um, but I think he's priced accordingly due to that. And his approach is decent. T to green is good. Um, and I just think that he shouldn't be priced this low. And then finally, Ryan Palmer, who has great course history here, um, has a seventh place and a fifth place, I believe. He can score well. His second shot with his irons approach, everything is super strong. Um, so he's another guy that I think a little older, but experienced, and I think can really light this course up and score well. Um, and then to make the top 10, it's going to be very popular this week, um, but I'm going Steven Yeager. He bombs the ball, which again, I don't think is super important, but is helpful kind of always. Um, super, super good approach. T to green has been putting better recently, and this is best surface on bent uh, green. So I'm going Yeager top 10. Uh, this week for my uh, make cuts, I got Minwoo Lee. We obviously saw him break out at um, TPC Sawgrass, another TPC course uh, this week. I think that could be a little interesting uh, nugget. Uh, Patton Gazire and then Jimmy Walker for my other two make cuts. And then Adam Adwin, the Canadian, to finish top 10. 
For me, I have Ryan Moore, Justin Lower, and Carson Young, and my top ten is uh, Pat and Kizer. <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, the narrative of this show has been this show specifically, like you, those guys that do everything well type guys not can do everything great, can do everything well. It's not like one specific part of their game stands out. So my three guys to make the cut this week, I got to go with Andrew Landry. I already aforementioned uh, the aforementioned Andrew Landry. Um, one of those guys that does everything well, not a super long hitter. Irons are okay. Elite putter. Um, so I'm taking him to make the cut. Also Aaron Wise to make the cut. He is returning from being on uh, leave for withdrawing uh, before the Masters to focus on his mental health. He's returning to the PGA Tour this week. I'm taking him to make the cut as well. And then Troy Merritt, you know, one of those guys, I think somebody took him in the 6K draft. We mentioned he's another one of those pretty solid statistic-wise guys on the PGA Tour. And then Matt Kuchar. I, uh, I, we've talked a lot about Matt Kuchar on this show already. 13th in total strokes gained. 67th in approach, 40th in putting. He's first in sand saves, first in strokes gained around the green. So this is like this is a very Matt Kuchar esque do everything well type of week golf course. So I'm taking him uh, for my mortal lock to finish in the top ten. And since we all love sports betting, maybe a little bit too much, let's get into our favorite prop bets of the week. We've got a lot of them written down here. There's a lot of interesting ones this week, so let's get into it. I'm going a little lighter this week compared to normal, uh, trying to save some money for next week where I'm going to put way too many bets down probably. Uh, starting with Adam Scott, 28 to one outright, who is a golfer I've never bet on in my entire life. Um, not usually an Adam Scott fan, but he's really been picked it, picking it up lately. I like the, uh, I, don't, I feel like Koreans and Australians for some reason have seen it uh, <clears throat> seem to play well here. Um, super, super good with his irons. Been playing well lately. I'm taking him outright. Um, and then Hatton. I, I really, really like Hatton this week. I have him top 10 plus 160. I think he's just really feeling it. Um, and Gray mentioned some of his mental stuff, but I think it just makes him fun to watch. It, um, he is fun to watch when that just, stuff happens. It he's just hilarious. Makes, yes, it's it's just great. And then one of my, my long shot is going to be Justin – so I really like him. He's he can put the lights out. Um, so I'm taking him to win 80 to one into top 20. And I had to take my boy Micheluzzi, uh, top 40 plus 180. He doesn't even have an outright on him, uh, where I looked because he has such deep odds. Unfortunately, I would have sprinkled on that, uh, but I'm going top 40. Uh, this week, uh, I couldn't find the uh, hole-in-one bet that easily, so I think this week we're going to go all the straws, up the stakes, plus 1,600. You never know. I, I think it's a fun one to root for. You wake up, you, you scroll Twitter, and you see, oh, someone made an albatross. I feel like that's somehow how it goes uh, in these events. It'll be some random guy yeah. uh, probably <laughs> that's like 12 over. It'll get, it'll get him to 10 over on the day. So, uh that that should be good, and then uh, a one-stroke uh, victory for plus two fifty. I feel like that could be a, a nice value one. Uh, last um, last year it was a, a one-stroke victory, so those are my two uh, this week. For me, I'm gonna go with top Asian player KH Lee at plus four thirty. He's the back-to-back champion, so I think 
team like has success, and I'm going to go Jason Day top ten at plus one sixty, and Scotty Scheffler round one leader at plus fourteen hundred. Yeah, I like the Scotty Scheffler round one leader. You know, he's a guy that can really take advantage of maybe a softer course. On I, I don't know. Do we know? Is he early, late, late, early? Do we know his wave? Uh, which, which are we taking Scottie, day or Lee? Scotty Scheffler. Oh, Scheffler. Let me look. Regardless, he's a guy that's going to be able to play to whatever wave advantage anything's going to give him. It's going to be a much softer course, so I do like that. Um, my favorite prop bets this week, I have to go Mackenzie Hughes uh, with the top Canadian to finish um, the tournament at plus 195 odds on the books. You know, there's a bunch of – we've got Taylor Montgomery. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got him. Uh and as well as Adam Hadwin playing this week. So a couple of really good Canadian players. Uh, I believe Nick Taylor as well playing in the field this week. So Mackenzie Hughes, top Canadian, plus 120 or plus 195, excuse me, a top 20 finishing parlay between Matt Kuchar, Taylor Montgomery, and Adam Hadwin is currently live on the books for plus 1,700. I really like that this week. Taylor Montgomery, one of those guys that doesn't necessarily do the golf course. You know, he's a long bomber out there, but he's really been kind of putting together a string of good finishes. So I think he gets a dump of the top 20 this week. Adam Hadlin is one of those guys that does everything well. You know, a lot of people call him the Prince of Plane because he's got probably one of the best swings, like fundamentally on the PGA Tour. Regardless, he, the guy gets it done. Matt Kuchar, we've already talked a lot about him. So I like a top 20 finishing parlay between those guys, plus 1,700 on the books right now. And I really like the winning margin one shot at plus 250. I also have that written down. You know, we've got a handful of guys that can really go low in the field this week with scorable condition, an already scorable layout on top of scorable conditions with the course being a little bit softer. I mean, we could see 27, 28, 29, 30 under par this year. This year, And I mean, it could even possibly go to a playoff with, how many people we've got that could really go low this week. So I like the one stroke winning margin on the books for plus 250 right now. Yeah, real quick, I'm just going to add, actually, all three of those guys Nick likes, uh, KH Lee, Day, and Scotty are in a group together, uh, 1245 tomorrow. There we go. So there is your group to watch as you hear, as you heard it here. On the long drive, that is going to wrap us up for our AT&T Byron Nelson preview show as well as wrapping up the Wells Fargo Championship. Given that next week is the PGA Championship, we will be previewing that as well before the, uh, before, before the tournament next week. However, we are going to announce that after the tournament, next Sunday night, we will be doing a live reaction podcast right after the final round finishes after we crown a newly minted PGA champion, major champion. So we're going to be doing that Sunday night live reaction. In addition to our preview championship, our preview show for the PGA championship next week here on the long drive. So thank you all so much for listening and catch us every week for the remainder of the season. Make sure to check out all of impact 89 FM's other podcasts. This has been the long drive on impact 89 FM. 